0: So welcome to Cross Training, where we look at faith and practice in a biblical lens. My name is Tanner. My name is Matthew. And my name is Mason Simmons. We are
1: returning to our roots today, beloved audience, because you you might not have have known this, but our our first three episodes, the uh, the Unity series that that we began all this with, uh, we recorded those episodes three separate times, because we could not get away from technical difficulties. It was bad. Technical
0: difficulties, and I think it was also personal difficulties oh, our, yeah. our minds just we just were gone. we were
2: not used to this no, and man. it was just well, a
1: little bit of perfectionism thrown in like we just got yeah. be pleased and uh, and obviously w- the finished product wasn't perfect necessarily but i mean at some point you just gotta like accept okay we need need to get it out there or just call it quits thank god
2: for matthew's genius editing editing skills skills. Uh, yes
1: stop it (laughs) so i say that we're returning to our roots because you are listening to technically the third attempt at this episode because the power went out twice so we are here to continue our deep dive in john Uh, covering the second half of it so full disclosure it is late we need to get this out because church camp is next week and it's looking like we won't be having an episode the saturday after this releases as a result so i apologize we wanted to get a second episode recorded at the time that we are currently recording this one but some power outages kind of messed that up so clearly the lord wanted everyone to have a a saturday off
2: Mm -hmm. Y'all you know, get a week away from us. The Lord is blessing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this gives you a time, too, if you want to. You can catch up. Uh, look at uh, the Facebook page and uh, the Instagram as well. But then if you've got any questions for us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, send us all kinds of questions. Yeah, uh, we like questions. Give us something to talk questions. about other than just, you know, each other's questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Challenge
0: our authority.
1: Tell us we're wrong.
0: Mason is tired. And wearisome about our voices. <laughs> he's over it. Despite the fact that he never chimes in like goodness. Like,
2: I sit here and I listen and I'm like, all right, you know, I have something to say. And then the other one kicks in and just goes on this big rant. And I'm like, that's good. That's better than what I was oh, going to say. Oh, please, please. And then, please. And then I, yeah, they think I'm blowing their heads up. But it's just like, uh, you should see their notes they have. All right. Yeah. I mean, Matthew over here has two full pages or drop down or roughly two full pages. You know, Tanner's got like the whole laptop set up with usually some papers. I don't know if it's paper. Okay. He's got his papers on his computer today. And then me it's just me and god's word i tell you <laughs> that's all
0: you need that's all you need yeah i never thought I just, that
1: i would be not the least prepared person of a well, group see, ever, okay with notes
2: i have to say this very carefully like i'm not always the least prepared but i do hate referring to notes a lot yeah and i because i feel like it's less genuine that way i've always felt that way though so Which, when i prepare for sermons i usually have like three points and m- no joke it's usually like just one sentence and it's like alright you, you need yeah. to know and what there's nothing there.
0: wrong And there's nothing wrong with that but yeah. as for me as my experience is that I'm a very narrative style type preacher I think we've talked about this before mm-hmm. off air but like I have to have everything written down just to make sure that I'm not straying away from any of my opinions that I stick truth to what the scripture says even though it's written my opinions yeah. but I don't want to go off on any tangents and I think most of y'all know by now by just listening to me that I can get off on tangents when I get a excited so
1: yeah but which and i mean personally the fact that i have these two pages here is a testament to how much this podcast has whipped me in the shape because we were making fun of me just what 10 episodes ago about having three lines of notes now i got two pages i'm getting there, i'm, I'm getting proud there. of you now we just got to get mason
2: yeah now i need to jump on the train
0: but in all serious no if you got any questions we would love to do a QA, even if it's just like, like a yeah just questions. one questions
2: yeah, like so. a, a good, you know, half episode
0: or something like where we just answer questions and yep. discuss them, I guess. so. That would be fun. You two people in Australia, A, eh? send in your questions to the Bobby, and we'll do what we can to answer your questions.
1: Uh, let's, let's get in the Scripture. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to God's Word, why don't we? Verse, yeah. verse 29, who wants to take it away?
0: I think, Matthew, uh, you can start off with that, bro. Yeah,
1: we we were originally going to be going off of a uh, csv but i've got my esv in front of me let's do it my hands are sweaty it's hot up here so we're, we're gonna we're gonna go off the paper bible so english standard version is what we're going off of today now i i'm i'm ready i'm ready because we just we just got out of the uh, church service classes whatever wednesday night classes and since I. We didn't have any lessons prepared, so I just delivered basically the, the content for this podcast as a lesson. And it went over pretty well, so I, I feel like I can string some sentences together. So here we go. So verses 29 through, well, the rest of the chapter, so through verse 51. Is just a big characterization of Jesus through names, and it's it's fascinating. It's it's something that uh, happens with God in the first and second chapter of Genesis. Although you have to be a little bit of a Bible scholar and go through like original translations of Hebrew to get that out, but it's a nice little parallel. Uh, God gets described pretty well in first, and second chapter of Genesis. John, the second half of chapter one, characterizes Jesus through several different names that offer several different like definitions of the utility the purpose and the goals that Jesus is going to have in his life. So uh, without further ado, verse 29 says, and this is uh, John the Baptist is about to be speaking up here, says the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Lamb of God, I just talked about how Jesus gets called uh, several different names. He gets called seven names, which obviously seven is a, is a common and very important uh, number all throughout scripture. It's the number of completion. Uh, So Jesus being called seven names is no coincidence. I mean, it's just another one of those instances that the Bible just oh so casually is a beautifully expertly
2: Boom, here's another, you know, little ticket of how perfectly woven this book is. Have y'all seen the pictures of where, like, how many, like, okay, it's a picture, and it will have, you know, every verse or something throughout the Bible laid out. And, of course, you can't read it, but, you know, it's written down if you zoomed in. And it has an arc to each verse that it might reference and oh, it's I a I've picture of that. like this enormous rainbow that just basically is covered in arcs about how much cross the, references yes how much the bible is cross referenced and oh, linked yeah. with other verses like it was it's amazing yeah.
1: so much of what Jesus said is just referencing past prophecies yeah. oh yes. and Old Testament words yeah
2: and a lot of people like would think you know it's just you know you know New Testament New Testament no like there was almost as much you know new to old and old to new yeah
1: yeah. Well, it's and, just
0: one big, long narrative. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And there is one name that will get brought up towards the end of this chapter that uh, I look forward to referencing a, a verse in the Old Testament from. But anyway, that first name, Lamb of God, in verse 29, uh, just to kind of open the floor a little bit, like why, why would – because keep in mind, this is John the Baptist more or less introducing Jesus to the world. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Jesus has been alive for a while here, but this is the beginning of his ministry. Well, technically it hasn't even begun yet. Yeah. So why would John the Baptist introduce Jesus, who as of yet is not not a known figure at all? He's just some poor guy living in the Middle East. Like that he's not got any followers to his name. Literally, he doesn't have any followers yet. Why would he be introduced as the Lamb of God?
0: I think uh you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, there's seven names that are subscribed to Christ within yep. this chapter. And there's many characteristics of Christ. You know, we see he that he is a teacher, that he is the Lamb of God, that he is the Messiah. And I think that it's it's good to take these things a little bit deeper, you know, kinda of understand and get a bigger context. I think it brings a little bit more meat to the bone because I mean I like my I like my chicken thighs bro and I like them (laughs) thick and juicy you know and so I think that I'm seeing the chicken leg here but if I want the good meat go a little bit further and get a little dive dive a little bit deeper and this is why it's called a dive deep with John you know we're two episodes I don't know how long this is going to be a 45 minute episode from last one and however long this is going to be of just on the first chapter of John I mean we're going to try to get as much as we can like strain it out so the lamb of god is the first one correct you said that yes. john the baptist he says no behold the lamb of god
1: yeah that verse 29
0: yeah so i think it's amazing that john the baptist you know he's he's preaching to the crowd he's talking about that the messiah is coming i've come to baptize with water and there is going to be come the baptized with the holy spirit and with blood and i can just see john's like there's someone earlier we talked about it last week like, there's someone earlier there's someone in this crowd that i'm not un, that i'm unworthy to strap his sandals. And now here, he says, there he is. The next day, he's like, that's him. That's him, the Lamb of God. And I think this is important to not just say, okay, the Lamb of God, okay, that's cool. That's just another name for Jesus. But I, the first thing that came to my mind when I heard the Lamb of God, I think up to the Passover in Exodus I think it's a beautiful illustration of like, you know, we've had all these plagues of destruction and death. You know, you've got hail you've got the, the the Nile turning to blood, frogs, pestilence, uh, cows dying and some other stuff. And locusts like, and all locusts, kinds of plagues, A lot yeah. of destructive stuff. And then the very last one is death, the death of the firstborn. And so what happens is, is that God tells the people of Israel to go forward and say, if you get a lamb, the best thing that you got kill it put the blood over your doorpost you will be saved from death death will overpass you and you will not be touched hence the name passover and they went and were freed from bondage and, and the the they were free to go on the exodus began and so i think this is awesome that what jo- what uh, john the baptist was trying to relate here back to moses was that this lamb of god is going to be sacrificed and the blood Will protect you from the death of the the one that will pass over, and I think it's awesome. Also, to relate a little tidbit here is that that John was preaching about this lamb being sacrificed, and then in Moses, this lamb could have been applied to the Israelites and to the Jewish people. So, if the uh, I mean the the, the Egyptian yeah. the Egyptians, so the Egyptian people more than likely there were some Egyptian people that put some lamb blood on their doorposts too. They're not God's chosen people, but yet they had faith to put that blood applied. Yeah. So I think that's that's powerful too. And I, I like you know
2: how you've brought up the past, but also like what Matthew said. You know, at this time, I mean, Jesus has not started his ministry, so he's not you know world or known yet. And you know, you know how you brought up the you know the past with the the Passover, and you know Matthew's brought up the present. You know, it's amazing how John the Baptist was able, because, I mean, it's a little reminder, he was what's known as, like, the last prophet of the Messiah yes. to, to come. And, you know, th- just that one sentence alone, you know, here is the Lamb of God. And what you've said, you know, the Passover and the killing of the Lamb, John had already told the full story just by introducing him for the first time.
0: Ooh, by just saying By just the saying Lamb the Lamb of, of God. He
2: already Ooh, prophesied oh, wow. the whole beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: true. He 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 just basically just laid out the whole story. Yeah.
2: I mean, just just by that one introduction, here is the Lamb of God. He told the whole story almost, you know, just yeah. within that. Yeah, and yeah, it continues on. Who takes away the sin of the world? So I mean yeah, yeah. just within his introduction, you know, he a revealing to already, Israel. Yeah, he's yeah, already powerful. revealed the reason Jesus was here, but it, it you know, even throughout his three year, three and a half year, however long it was, you know, ministry here on earth, the disciples who went with him the whole time still had trouble figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, here was John the Baptist who knew before he started? And you know, I just, I get, I get blown away because
1: sometimes we don't think about John the Baptist a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. He doesn't get enough screen time. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist, he continues uh, in verse 30 after calling Jesus the Lamb of God, says, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John, uh, John bore witness I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Now, John calling Jesus the Son of God here, it, it fulfills a couple of purposes that, that I've noticed at least. For one, John just made it clear that like a prophecy was fulfilled. like It was said that when I baptize a certain individual with water, that the spirit's going to come down, that the, this dove is going to come out. And it's going to give proof that this individual is more than just your average individual. And since that happened, I can bear witness and say that th- this is no ordinary man. This is the son of God. Because one, one important thing to keep in mind, even though John the Baptist called Jesus the lamb of God, let's be honest, that doesn't mean anything to anyone at that time. No one knows who Jesus is yet. Like anyone can call themselves a lamb of God and die.
2: Yeah, we've had. I mean, there's been countless, you know, false prophets or yeah. false messiahs. or yeah. uh, They called self self proclaimed messiahs. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and even martyrs could fall in that in that category. Not to insult them, obviously, but I mean, in all like anyone who dies in the name of God, whether it be like actually in the name of God or not, like they could be accurately described as Lamb of God, lowercase L, of course, but a Lamb of God. So just calling Jesus Lamb of God doesn't necessarily mean anything. But this, however, proof witness being given on John the Baptist's part that this individual is not just any Lamb of God. This, this isn't a lowercase L, Lamb of God. This is the Son of God. There's power behind this. If this guy do, does stuff in the name of God, like it's legit because he's the Son of God. But, here's another, another friendly reminder. Again, no one knows who Jesus is. So far, he's been given two titles. The Lamb of God and the Son of God. But what does that mean? It's not like the second that John the Baptist said, this is the Son of God, the people were like, oh yeah, that, that's part of the Trinity, right? No, no one knew what the Trinity was yet. But the Holy Spirit hadn't even come into the public picture yet. It had been mentioned in previous scriptures. It's been alluded because, again, the, the Bible references itself all the time. But people weren't out here waiting for someone to, like, fill in that blank. Be like, oh, yeah, that's, 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 that's one part of the Trinity, right? People don't know that. So still, at that time, there's a lack of information here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So to move on to the next name, uh, verse 35 says, The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. and they said to him rabbi they're looking for a teacher and since jesus responds to that like again this is um describing a role this name is describing a function a purpose that Jesus is gonna have he's gonna be a teacher he's gonna be a preacher uh and i won't, I won't steamroll uh, anymore i saw that you have a look in your eyes tanner i don't know
0: no i, no, I just I, I was looking up something so go ahead
1: oh you're good okay uh, so, again, this one's a little less earth-shattering than the previous two names we brought up so far. This, this literally just describes a function of Jesus. He's going to be a rabbi. He's going to be a respected, authoritative teacher. So this this adds a quality to Jesus' uh, character. So, continue on in verse forty. He says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. So, here... The, this this is where we're starting to get serious. So far, with the exception of rabbi, arguably, uh, the names that Jesus has been given have been, like, ratcheting up in significance. Like, Jesus is getting more honor with every one of these names. And theoretically, you could say that rabbi adds honor to that, because being a teacher, uh, a spiritual advisor, like the, I mean, obviously, that's a big honor as well. But Jesus is more...
2: Like, well, when you think about it, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but oh, you're fine. When, when you think about it, though, nobody knew anything about... I mean, other than... The, other than the priest and, you know, the prophets like John the Baptist and the ones before him, you know, no one knew anything about, you know, spirituality as far as, like, you know, proper prayer. Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, no, The only scriptures there was was usually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the ones that was in the uh, synagogues, temples. Uh, I can't think of what they're actually called, the proper name. Of them. But uh, that was usually the only place you could find, you know, those old scriptures, you know, of the Old Testament. And of course, n- the New Testament wasn't a thing then because they were living through it. So, about the Torahs, the Torahs, temples. Okay, temples, I, sorry. I, it was literally the easiest word. I said synagogues and, you know, everything else, but I couldn't think of temples.
0: Thank you for opening that door. Yeah. I think I ruined your, your, your spill there.
2: I was ruining it myself because I was truly really trying to think of the word temple and I couldn't do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but <laughs> I was like, that word's too simple. There's no temple. way to get it. I know. Of <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So, the significance of messiah uh, correct me if i'm wrong tanner but this is jesus more or less referencing back to old testament like cuz mm-hmm. what what is messiah reference to uh in in the old testament the As, anointed one the anointed correct? one yeah. yeah so this is this is a bit of a confirmation that this isn't just any like son of god and i'm adding air quotes mm-hmm. for everyone listening cuz again like what does son of god mean people don't mm-hmm. understand what the significance of that is so now he's starting to like it, it's being referenced like this guy's got a lot to do with God it seems if what he's saying is true this guy could be the real deal this the Messiah we're making big claims now and Tanner I won't uh, go any further because I know you have something on uh, verse 42 to kind of uh, get off these names here for a second because there is a lot more to the second half of John chapter 1 than just these seven names
0: Okay, uh, actually I'm going to back up before we get to 42. 42. Oh, that's fine. Uh, but yet the, the Messiah, the Christ, which the anointed one, I think it's interesting that we need to make sure that Christ is called the anointed one. He's not being anointed yeah. by God.
1: All capital.
0: Yeah, he is the anointed one. It is a noun for Christ. So I, I was looking at a, I was, I had this, There's a book here that we have, fantastic book, uh, by Athanasius of Alexandria, an old uh, bishop from 20th oh goodness no he's the 20th bishop of alexandria born in 296 AD so i mean long time ago but he wrote a fantastic it's called on the incarnation and the incarnation is actually latin for in flesh so god in flesh and so when we talk about jesus and him being flesh man son of god being god himself in the flesh, Emmanuel, which is God with us. Mm-hmm. It is almost unfathomable. It's hard for people in this time and still it's hard to comprehend for us today that God would even God the highest of the high, magnificent being, creator of the universe, would stoop down to a servant level of mankind. So it's hard to even fathom to bridge the gap that God would lower himself down. It doesn't make any sense. And sometimes I wonder like why it doesn't make sense to me so it's important to to signify that it it is not as some other religions would believe of a man becoming deity Uh, not i think it's called auto auto or something like that some some weird theological term that i'm not familiar with but it's where man is enlightened and becomes godhood, and is deified. So it's not this. I want to back up and look at verses 32 uh, through 34, and I think you've kind of already read it, but I want to read it again and, and, and look at the, the the Holy Spirit coming down because I think this is kind of important. So starting verse 32, And John bore witness. He, he made witness, testified. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. Uh, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend on remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So there's that another name of Christ, the Son of God. So he's signifying and recognizing the incarnation, God in flesh, Emmanuel, the Savior of the earth, Messiah, the Anointed One. So when you think, when I was reading this, it was kind of like it was kind of making my mind turn a little bit. It was like, wait a minute, because I wasn't reading. I was kind of. I was think I was reading too much into it. Because I was thinking, so is this? So was Christ never triune? Was there a time that Christ wasn't triune and the Holy Spirit? This is where the Holy Spirit is entering Christ now. And I was just thinking, and I was thinking too much into it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I'm think, if if this is true, if 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 the way that I, I read it. I had, to, I had to bounce some ideas off of, you know, Dad and some other people of, like, to clear my mind, uh, because I think sometimes we can get words twisted, and then I think it's important that we bounce it off of each other. Just point that out. I think that's one conversation Iron iron. Iron sharpened with iron. So in my mind, I was thinking, wait a minute. Is this removing the triune part of Christ, of being part of the Trinity, if the Holy Spirit is now coming upon Christ? But then... I remember, and my dad, he he referred back to me to look back at the synoptic gospels, to look back at Luke, chapter 3, verse 21 through 22, talks about the baptism. Look at Matthew, chapter 3, 13 through 16, talks about the baptism. And what it's saying is that those two gospels, Luke and Matthew, says that God, God, He says, You are my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And if He is the Messiah, then there is no anointing Him. Like, there's no, I mean, you see that, you know, he's baptized and that's the starting of his ministry. You see that Mary Magdalene anoints him with oil. So what does that mean? You know, I mean, is he being anointed? But yet that signifying, that is her showing the world and showing him as I recognize you, that you are the anointed one. So Jesus himself, we have to make clear that he's not being anointed, that he is the anointed one. He is the only one that can that can save sins, and I think it's interesting. You look at the Old Testament. You look at like Samuel that anoints David, and you look at where Samuel anoints Saul, and you look at all these anointings of kings by prophets and stuff like that. And what does that do? That signifies that this is the king of Israel. And what is happening here is that when Jesus shows up on scene and says, I'm the Messiah, and people recognize him as the Messiah, that he is the anointed one, then it's like then who's going to anoint him? Is there, anoint, no, no, is there no anointing for him? But yet he is the anointed one. So there is, that he is the only one that can anoint and achieve the goal that no man can ever achieve. Uh, and I think this back relates back to, and one reason why baptism, I think, was kind of Not a far cry from confusion for the Israelites is that, which the 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 Greek word for baptism is is baptizo, baptism. And I know that there are some beliefs, and we're not uh, we're not going to get into it in in this uh, episode. But some people say that baptism saves you, and some people would say back in John the Baptist, it's like, well, he saves by baptism. It's saving by baptism. But then, what does John say? He says. I baptize by water, but yet there's one that's greater that's going to baptize by blood. So John is automatically referring, referring, transferring, what's the word? Referring, saving grace away from baptism into something that's greater, which is the blood of Christ. So it's not uncommon for the Israelites or the Hebrew people, whoever's listening the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the laymen, the carpenters, to to see baptism going on, because in 2 Kings chapter 5, you see, Elisha tells the leper Naaman, which is a Syrian commander in the Syrian army, to go dip in the Jordan River seven times. There's a seven number again. So that takes away his leprosy. And so I think God telling John the Baptist to go forward and baptize until he, until God reveals to John the Baptist this is the Messiah that this is the Lamb of this is the Lamb of God, this is the Son of God. I think that it wasn't just a coincidence. Oh, I'll just go ahead and baptize. I think there was getting people's minds ready. I mean, that's what I think God does with us sometimes before we go into like what He's called us to do. He's getting our He's getting us ready for something, you know, and so I think that's what God was doing for the for the nation of Israel. I mean He says it for Him for the Messiah to be revealed, to be shown to the nation of Israel. And so I think just what we talked about earlier is that I think they were making, I think some people were putting puzzle pieces together of like, oh, the Lamb of God, that's the message altogether. Uh, oh, baptism, I mean, he's saving, I mean, he, the baptism of death and resurrection of this Lamb of God is going to save the world and going to heal my, my, my sin sickness. So, I mean, I, I think there's uh, importance to correlate there.
2: The word I think you were looking for was defer.
0: Defer. That's what I meant. Yes. So maybe I'll actually talk about what uh, you asked me to talk about, but I think it was important to talk about the anointed one. We have to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah, okay. the Christ.
1: I won't hurt you for talking about scripture.
0: Oh, don't hurt me, boy. Do I get seven lashes or nine lashes for that?
1: Uh, we'll go for 42. 42. Since we'll that's the verse you need to be on. <laughs> All
0: right. 42. 42. Ooh. So uh, starting in verse uh, 42, he says, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said you are Simon the son of John you shall be called Cephas which means Peter Uh, and a little backstory of this you've got two disciples that were following John the Baptist at the time and Andrew is one of them and then the other one remains uh, anonymous you don't know the other one's name Uh, but Jesus he says you know he says, you know, come follow me, and, you know, they come follow him, and Andrew is the brother of, of Simon. Uh, and we'll say Simon Peter, just so people won't get confused. So Simon Peter. So, and Andrew, he gets excited. He knows that this is the Messiah. He knows that this, he, you know, it's revealed to him that this is the Christ. And so he go in the same day, grabs his brother, and says, look, I f- we found him. He's here, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God. He has arrived. He's here with us now. And so when Simon Peter comes before Jesus, he says he brought him to Jesus. Jesus took him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. But Matthew, it's a lot later and it's a different episode. It's a different event that Jesus calls him Cephas. So is he? So is he saying it twice, to Peter, saying that Um, your name has changed, or what? I haven't dived deep into that enough to know. Because the the one in Matthew says it in Matthew because Matthew sixteen sixteen through eighteen, and it's where Jesus tells you you'll be the foundation of the kingdom of God. That you know the the gates are the keys of heaven are given to you.
2: And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Okay, I would say he give him. Okay, no, here's my take on it. He give him the name in in John at the beginning, but he tells him why uh, in Matthew 16.
1: Okay, that's good. Well, Peter's already being called Peter prior to that scripture in Matthew.
0: Well, I I know, I know, I know, but I'm saying like the first time, like
1: for him telling
2: him like. Like you're, you're, you are Simon. Sorry. And we, and like, and he's referred to, and I think most of Matthew as Simon Peter. But he's like, Jesus says, You are Peter, like just Peter.
0: Let me, let me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer to you here in a second. And okay. let's see if you can talk about that. Because I think that Jesus, okay, let me just talk about it. Let's do it. So, Jesus, he, what he does is that here's Simon. And let me tell you, the, the, I think it's ironic that Simon's name in Hebrew means to listen. And I think it's funny because his character is not to listen. That's why he got a name change. <laughs> he had a name change. He so done it before it was cool too. I know. Paul, Paul and Saul. Man. Yeah. <laughs> but here you have a guy that puts his foot in his mouth all the time and is cocky and arrogant and likes to do things on his own terms. But his name means to listen. I think that's funny, and so Jesus he changed he changes Simon's name to listen to Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock or unmovable boulder in some translations. And so you have a name change, and you ask why is there a name change, and then if you look, and I want to defer this to to uh, Mason here in a second, but like if you look in Matthew, uh, you see that there's a completely different event. So here you have. In John, you have just a first time that Peter ever meets Jesus and he and Jesus tells Peter, I'm changing your name. It's to listen to rock. And I'm sure this confuses Peter, like what? And so here he goes forward into his ministry. And so I, I think Matthew, I think Mason's going to read the Matthew part. Yeah, let's
2: look at, okay, so it's where he tells Peter that, you know, you are the rock. And let's just look at this real quick. Matthew uh, chapter 16, uh, let's, let's start in verse 16. We'll read a couple of verses. Simon Peter, so he calls him by both names, you know, replied, or he is referenced as both names, replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and i tell you you are peter and he only says peter and i tell you you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and you know it's important because you know a lot of people might debate like you know um when did he really have his name changed like oh the you know the gospels may not be right you know i i think it is true because you know, in John, we read that he does it when he first meets Jesus, and I, and I believe that to be true. You know, God's word is perfect, but you know, we're, the reason why we look at it is because he might have had the name Peter, but he never understood why. And then we look, and we look at Matthew, right, where we just read it. It's because you know why? Why did you name me the Rock? You know, Lord, why? Like I don't, I don't understand. I think
0: it's going through his mind throughout the yeah, whole time of ministry.
2: Yeah, you know, like a year or two has passed. You know, why? Why have you changed my name to the Rock? And Jesus finally answers him. You know, sometime later. Because my church, when I am gone, is going to be built, you know, upon you. Like you are going to be the foundation of the church once I'm gone, and you know, and you, and once, you, once you get a glimpse of that, it's like, oh, yeah, wow,
0: it no makes pressure. sense. No pressure. <laughs> like, yeah, no
2: pressure. Like now, it makes sense, and like, yeah, Lord, I think that
0: was a teaching <laughs> moment. I think it was a teaching moment for Peter when He says, you know, who do. Uh, uh, I think it was a teaching moment for Peter. You know, it's like, okay, you are the Son of God. He finally recognizes it, and he says that the Father revealed it to you. And so now the picture is finally being revealed to Peter, and then Christ gives him a call, a calling. And I think it's interesting that many times God changes names in Scripture all the time. You see it all the time.
2: Yeah, like we brought up with, you know, Saul and Paul.
0: Yeah. So... Many times God changes names to call them to a new mission because what does a name do is that it creates an identity because what does it do for Christ? You know, he's called the Lamb of God as a sacrificial lamb. He's called the Son of God to give the incarnation. He's called the anointed one because he is the only anointed. There is no anointing him because he's it. So he has all these names to characterize who his identity is and what his mission is. And so what Christ is doing here to Peter is saying, this is your mission, bro, not to listen and to be an oxymoron. Yeah, of, we know,
2: we know Peter wasn't doing that. Exactly.
0: He was a moron, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. He's not a moron, but his name, you know, to listen. So, I mean, God was, Christ was putting a new identity upon Peter. And I think that's powerful because I mean, we got to realize we're going to, here's a little pastoral things for you, you know, in the future, Mason is like, what happens when we become a Christian? that we have a new name attached to mm-hmm. us, that we have the name of Christ attached to us, and that sets a new identity and a new purpose and mission in our life. And I think that's, that's what Christ is doing here you with know, Peter.
2: You know, I want to chase this rabbit hole just for a chase second. Chase it, son. You know, you, you, had, you have to think, you know, just as a little discussion for us, you have to think Peter had to see things a little differently after Jesus told him that. Mm-hmm. You had to think, you know, You know you let's just i want to let's look at it again and i tell you you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it you know and jesus this whole time he's you know teaching you know uh i mean he teaches on hell uh, about as much as anybody else ever has because you know the whole reason he came is you know he doesn't want people to have to to, you know to have to die and without god you know without the separation without separation of god and so when you think like i will build the church upon you and even hell itself cannot prevail against it you you know peter has to just think about that like you know now i didn't understand what my name meant but now, what do you mean by you're building your church mm-hmm. on me? And you know, he probably had to take a step back, and I think he might have started to listen a little more.
0: Well, not too much because not too much because I mean, Matt, right after that, he Christ made the comment and said, "I'm going to die here in a little bit." And Jesus says, or Peter says, "Not if I can do anything about it." And no, you won't. Jesus is like, "Get oh. thee behind me, Satan!" Or when they <laughs> to try to Peter. T- or when they try to take <laughs> him away,
2: he cuts the guard's ear off. Like, yeah, it's like.
0: My kingdom is not built on violence, bro. Peace.
2: Amen. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> All right. I thought I thought that might just be a little fun to think about. You know, like how once God something reveals something to you, you see things a little differently. Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: It
2: makes you think in a different way. Yeah. But anyway,
1: yeah. well, can
0: oh, so I was. I'm, I'm done talking. I'm just thinking, how much are we going to go up on? Are we, are we going to? Because we got just a little bit to talk about. Nathaniel and stuff. I don't have any notes. I'm done with my notes.
1: I mean, I was still just going to keep going on names. That's fine.
0: We we can go on names. I like I haven't done much anything else, so I mean, this is all you, bro. Okay. So back
1: on names, even though we just got finished. Hey, we're continuing talking names. about names. Got all talking about a different person's name, but we're going to get back to Jesus's names. Um, so here, continuing in verse 43 says, "The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me.'" Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So I don't have like a theological essay to write over that name because that one's pretty straightforward because it's it's referencing a prophecy and it's establishing, hey, this is Jesus from this area. Mm -hmm. So it's it's giving identity to Jesus. But, oh, Tanner is, is looking at me with an interesting look. What?
0: Um, Judah comes from isaiah fifty three three look up isaiah fifty three three got it uh,
2: he was despised and rejected by men and men of sorrows and acquainted with grief as as one from whom men hid their faces he was despised and we esteemed him not
0: so this refers back to the uh that in, what can good can come from Nazareth like there's nothing that like and it also portrays that anyone that comes like a prophet that comes from His hometown, his hometown hates him. And so Nazareth, like he was rejected by his people. And uh, you have prophecies narrowing it down from him being of man, line of Abraham, Judah, David of Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, virgin birth. And like it's narrowing it down, the prophecies, and to narrowing it down is like God's trying to show people this is the dude. Okay.
1: So, so that brings some very uh, good significance to that name of Jesus of Nazareth. It's not just yeah. a, oh, he's from this area. So that, yeah. that's good stuff. That's oh. the Bible hyperlinking itself. So uh, continuing on, uh, the next name is one of my favorites. we got to work through a couple verses to get to it. Uh, so after being called Jesus of Nazareth, uh, verse 46 says, "Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? There Philip said to him, come and see. So there's that other reference to the prophecy. Uh, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. So here's an interesting reference. Uh, This has a few different hyperlinks throughout the Bible, but the one that I like the best is from the book of Zephaniah. In chapter 3 so this is like one of the prophetic books at the end of the Old Testament did I pronounce that wrong? no No, I'm
0: just like Zephaniah no
2: No, there's a really good thing out of Zephaniah chapter 3 that I really love verse 17
1: oh well is is it relevant because that's not far away from the the verse that I was going to read
2: no it's just verse 17 talks about where God sings oh okay and that is the only verse in the entire Bible that says
1: God sings Hmm. well that piece of trivia is free (laughs) <laughs> I just love that little, you know, little stuff like that. I love. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- those little details in the Bible is what I live for. So, but verse 15 is what's getting referenced here. Uh, verse 15 in chapter 3 of Zephaniah says, The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. So the important detail is, uh, yes, it said the King of Israel. That's what's being referenced. But here in this verse it says the King of Israel, comma, the Lord. Establishing that the same person, so right here it's it's confirmed by calling uh, Jesus the King of Israel in verse forty nine. Like that's that confirmation. Like okay, we we've called you all these things. You're you're supposedly the Lamb of God. You're the Son of God, which supposedly could mean something cool as well. You're a Rabbi. That's that's a respectable title. Uh, you're you're the Messiah. Which we're getting somewhere with Messiah, but at the end of the day, like that, that could be translated to the Anointed One. Anyone can be mm-hmm. anointed, right? Like some people could still kind of downplay this as, if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. The, oh, this is Jesus of Nazareth. This this is a reference to a prophecy. Okay, the, this this is getting progressively more interesting. Oh, we're calling you the King of Israel now. You you're the Lord. You're God. We're, this is about the highest title that that he could be given uh, within this context. And interestingly enough, um, verse fifty we get. Some I kind of want to call it sarcasm just the wording is interesting here I'll read verse 50 uh, it says Jesus answered him because I said to you I saw you under the fig tree do you believe you will see greater things than these so here you have this uh, confirmation of Jesus being not only the son of God but the king of Israel and therefore God himself and Jesus' response is you got all that because I said that I saw you under a fig tree goodness you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> I, love, I love sassy Jesus yeah oh, he's seen nothing best. yet bro I love it so uh, going on, verse 51 says, And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And that's where I want our final discussion to be on. Because mm-hmm. as, as I've established, like these title, titles that he's getting throughout chapter 1 are more or less ramping up in significance. Like we start small with the Lamb of God. Anyone can be the Lamb of God, right? All the way up to, oh, King of Israel. And then Jesus gets to call himself something, but Son of Man. Why, why, why do we
0: think he picked that? So the Son of Man, I think he's signifying, first of all, that he is human. Because there are some people that would say that Jesus was never flesh. I think, is it Mancheist? Uh, the Manchean uh, heresy is like, well, he just never was man. He was just God in spirit. Uh, and so he's he's truly signifying that he is of descent of man, that he is incarnation, that he is tangible flesh. But there's one thing I want to point out, and I am i don't I'm, I'm sorry, I, I haven't looked it up. But when I think in Isaiah somewhere in Isaiah, it talks about how, let's say that the tree of Israel is there and it's huge. And, you know, and you know how many times that Israel's messed up. OK, a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> so what's happening is, is what happened is that there, there's a picture that Isaiah prints before the people of Israel is that the tree, the mighty tree of Israel has been cut down at its stump and all you have is its roots. But in that middle, there's a new tree forming within it. And that tree, he's, he's saying, is supposed to resemble that of the Messiah, of the new king. And so what... I think Jesus is also saying here is that you're not removing all the facts of what's happened throughout the past. You're not removing the fact that you know his 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 great 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 grandfather was David that you know hoard after Bathsheba, and you know his great 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 grandmother was uh, Ruth and and Boaz was his great grandpa or whatever. And all these facts, and you know, man mess up. But I think what. What's amazing is that through even at the uh, that, that he's remaining his roots in humanity, that he's putting his, his, his faith in humanity, that he wants to save it because he loves it so much. And so I think it shows his humanity, but yet also retaining his deity. And it gives picture that he is 100% God and 100% man, that he's not just a hybrid alien man that has done something cool, you know. And that's so hard for us to grasp in times that, you know, how can be 100% God and 100% man. And that's where a lot of times it's like, you know, the rationality of my mind ain't never going to figure out, bro. It's going to be one of those things where I just got to have faith and believe that he is who he says he is. Because what does C.S. C.S. Lewis, he says that Jesus is either a madman, he is a con man, or he is who he says he is. Is, yeah. that, is that right?
1: Uh, that's a paraphrase a paraphrase
0: but he basically says that he's either Jesus is a madman con man or he is who he says he is and I'd have to say it but there's so much compelling evidence and I think that God lays this evidence before us uh, to show us uh, to have faith and so a question that I heard uh, one time was that so why does God not just come out and give us plain evidence today? Why is he not talking in an audible voice? Why is in scripture? Why does Jesus speak in all these parables that you have to think hard about? Why does he not just like come down and say, hello, Mason, I am the Messiah. Hello, Mason, I am God the Father. I have come to save the world. Just believe in me. So why is it not just blatantly plain to us, written in black and white for all of humanity to trust? And I think Ravi Zacharias he explained it well, and I'm going to paraphrase, use my version. But he was saying, well, if you did that, then you would just have automatons, basically saying, well, I guess I just ha- I have to believe it now. I guess I guess it's there, so I guess I, I'm going to have to. So it would just be nonchalantly like little, little puppets being programmed. That's not authentic love, but yet to have faith in that love faith without seeing you know I think is believing in the sense of like it's it maybe hard to grasp but Jesus is fully man and fully God it may be hard to grasp that he is the the Lamb of God come before the slaughter but yet I think it comes with faith and I think this is where like Mason was talking about that he starts revealing himself to us in a way that is beautiful this beautiful and just like Peter we're gonna screw up and we need to be like get behind me dude we're, get behind gonna, me Satan. we're
2: gonna do stuff without thinking we're gonna say yeah. stuff without thinking but you know he's he, just like he was there for Peter you know he's gonna show us you know no that's not my way you know your way is the human way it's mm-hmm. you know the earthly way and what it might make logical sense but it doesn't make spiritual sense
0: do you think do you think you know uh, Jesus you know how like when you're in trouble they say Tanner Ray <laughs> do you think when Jesus was mad at Peter's like Simon, <laughs> listen.
1: I think he might have, honestly. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. That, I mean, that'd be up Jesus' character. Yeah. yeah. Right, so parting thoughts on John chapter 1. A lot a lot of characters, well, for one, just goodness, a lot of stuff happens. But then oh, again, boy, it's got just, uh... 51 verses mm-hmm. for it to go on. But just to conclude this uh, second half of John chapter 1, future Matthew put dope-sounding music here. Honestly, it kind of reads like a movie because here it's like an action flick where you're getting introduced to the main character, the guy that's going to do all the cool stuff throughout this hour and a half long flick. You know, before like the, the beginning credits and you get the cool music coming in, you've got like that suspenseful music uh, rolling in and this individual is being referred to like, oh, this, this guy that's coming, he's, he's the Lamb of God. What? Who's that? Oh, the, the Son of God, you mean. Yeah, but what does the Son of God mean? Well, this guy's gonna be a rabbi. Well, yeah, so what? This is the Messiah, but I need more. Explain, who who is this Messiah individual? You remember Jesus of Nazareth of the stories of old? That guy, that guy, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, well, I need more than that. He's the king of Israel, and then Jesus shows up and Jesus, he just looks out upon everyone and goes, no, I'm the son of man.
0: You ain't seen (laughs) nothing yet, he says. Honestly, We're just
1: getting started.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. But jokes
1: aside, that that it just reads so cool. Like this is yeah. a genuine introduction to who Jesus is.
0: Well, and one thing I didn't I didn't bring up before, but like you, you see that John he wrote this further than the other the other the gospels. And any movie that I like, I like movies that you like you can think about. It's like, well, there's a lot there's a lot more backstories that could be, but like any movie that has all the details and like you have to th- you don't have to think about anything it's just like a b c d e f g of happening to me that's not interesting i mean it's interesting but it's just yeah. like oh that's a good movie but i'll like, watch once yeah but i like movies that make you think and john it doesn't have all the nitty-gritty details as like matthew mark and luke have but i think john does it he writes it in a way that that helps us to focus on the deity of christ and helps us to think a little bit harder a little bit harder.
2: You know what I just thought about? As Matthew was hyping all of the names up of Jesus. What a
0: hype man. What a hype No,
2: man. John the Baptist, best hype man of all Dude, time. Changed my hype mind. Dude, hype
0: G- man. John more. the
2: Baptist, man, I just imagine him like in heaven, you know, just introducing Jesus to everybody that <laughs> comes into heaven, you know, like, boom, here he is, Jesus. the Son of God.
1: All right. He's back. I, I just, uh, you know, it's just one of those funny things. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that's a wrap on a... John chapter 1, that being a pretty long chapter, we got two episodes out of it, but uh, we'll see how the rest of John goes. Um,
2: Friendly reminder that we will be missing a week. Uh, We do have a church camp coming up that all three of us will be at. I don't know the email or otherwise I would plug it. It is in the show notes. I don't have it memorized
0: either. training at gmail.com Q&A, please. Uh, awesome. Hit
2: up the Facebook. We have an Instagram. You know, just just about every form of social media. TikTok? No. Uh, TikTok no. in the coming. No. We will get Matthew on the TikTok train.
1: TikTok is the mark of the beast. We'll be doing a Revelation deep dive <laughs> in the future and going over that. Uh, but that, that'll that be all for now. We'll see you in two weeks. And... Peace out.